This episode of the WDW Review is sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. Hey, this is Scott Prioli from DVC-Rental.com. What we do is help Disney Vacation Club members rent out their points when they can't use them. This helps your family save around 40 or 50% off of the prices of Disney's deluxe resorts. As you're staying on Disney property, you still get magic bands, fast passes, tickets, and dining plans. Again, you can find us at www.dvc-rental.com or on Facebook if you search for DVC-Rental webpage. Hello, welcome to the Dub D Dub Review. I am your host, Chris Malik, and I'm joined by my guys today, Peter Ponacorvo. How you doing? I'm doing very well. You look well rested. A few days off in a row will do miracles for a person. Yeah, it's it's incredible what'll happen when you don't like work for twenty nine hours straight. <laughs> I saw you by work today and I said, Pete, what are you doing up? And you're like, Slept enough, I'm ready to roll. I couldn't lay in bed anymore. He's ready to roll. Excellent. Stacy, are you as well rested as Peter is right now? I'm pretty well rested. You then I need to, I need some of your rest because I'm exhausted right now. We went to a okay. Does this make me sound terrible? We went to a seven o'clock showing of Avengers last night. But because I'm forty two years old, that's seven o'clock let <laughs> out at nine thirty on a school night, mind you, with my kids, so that seemed like a late night to me. Oh man. Right? I've I've got <laughs> no, I'm gonna make you feel better. I was in bed before you got out of the movie. Oh, man. Look at you. Yeah. Good for you. You need it. You need you to catch f- up. You want to you feel old? Go to bed at 830 at night. You'll feel old. Trust me. But that's so awesome. I felt like it I should awesome. have had like, the early bird special at Denny's and then went to bed or something. Got like your I prune juice. Talking. That would be the perfect <laughs> night. Exactly. Good for you. All right. So we got a bunch of things to get through. And we got a cool show today, but... Stacy, hit me up with something really cool in your life right now. Well, the weather is just so nice here in Chicago today, and I think that that just, I just walk, looking outside right around where I work, everybody was kind of outside and smiling, so I just think that we needed this, and it's put me in a really good mood, and um, I know it's supposed to rain, but that's okay, it's supposed to stay warm, so hopefully we've really officially hit spring. It's true. So, okay, give me a ranking here quickly. Summer, spring, Fall, winter, rank them. In Chicago, by the way, rank them. What's your favorite? Like what we prefer? Yeah. So I would do summer, fall, winter, spring. You mean that like two weeks of fall oh. we get? Yes. Right. In the in the three days of spring. <laughs> yeah, I actually switched those. I think I'm gonna do summer, fall, spring, winter. That that makes a little bit more sense. Winter has Christmas though and everything, but we'll we'll keep it with the. Spring, winter. Pete, do you concur? No. Tell me. It's it's summer, spring, fall, winter. Okay. It's close. It's close. The spring, close. The, the spring and the fall in Chicago, <laughs> well, I'll be honest, okay, they stink. Here's the thing. They we last don't for two days. Spring. They last for two days. A week ago, it was 36 degrees. 
Today it was 82. Yes, beauty. We don't get spring. We have winter, <laughs> summer, and occasionally we get a couple of weeks of fall. Yeah, I don't think it's just us, though. I think everyone who's listening to this show right now says, yeah, me too. I know everyone out east. Heck, Minnesota got 14 inches of snow like two weeks ago. So. Yeah, it's been a weird, weird, weird year. Peter, give me something good what? in your life, buddy. What do you got? I'm finally getting this bag of gummy bears off of my <laughs> yes! desk, so I don't have to worry about breaking into a month like I'm not supposed to be. Gummy Bear City. All right, so so what happened? What was the final uh, situation here? Um. Well, basically, between the three of us, we couldn't come up with a decision amicably, so I... T- put everybody's responses into a hat, gave them to the most impartial person I could think of, uh, a.k.a. my wife, who rarely, if ever, will listen to the show unless I force her to, (laughs) and I made her pick the three that she felt worked the best for uh, the resort, and the winner... Hang on, hang on. So so the names were on them, but to her, these aren't really... I mean, she doesn't know who these people are, so it was just well, like... Well, I, I didn't even put the names on. Okay. I, dude, I wrote it down. I'm lazy. Okay. Okay. I wrote down the three words that they picked, and then I just nice. looked on the computer screen and nice. just okay. matched it back up. So what did the judge give us? So the winner of our Albany's Gummy Bears... Is Jody Pontius Strzok awesome. from Indiana? Excellent. What was her? Kind of uh, funny that she's from Indiana, right? seeing so that's where the gummy bears are from. She probably get them easier than me. She lives next <laughs> to the hey, factory. Well, Pete. We're gonna go with it. <laughs> yep. What did? Uh, what was her? What was her words? Uh, she picked bucket list, value, and rent slash rent hyphen DVC. So okay. since uh, you know. I kind of had, I kind of liked that one as well since she cheated and used four words, but it was hyphenated, so it still was within the rules <laughs> of three. And as I look on it, she had an emoji too, so not quite a word. Yeah, but, but that's not a word. Not quite a word, so, but she, she, again, she's still, still good. She made us proud, and we're not ending the show just yet, Pete. We are not. Yeah, ending, I know. We're not ending the show. All not, right. Not quite yet. Well, let me give you a little bit of something good in my life. So, yesterday... Okay, so the when this comes out, it'll be a little bit later. But we went to the 7 o'clock show, as you heard earlier. And we saw Avengers Infinity War. And that's not the news. The actual news was, my kids obviously did it on a school night. But we went, and there was some fun back and forth on Edcott. We went to go see it at the Pickwick Movie Theater in Chicago. Stacy, you've been to the Pickwick? Oh my goodness, more times than I can even ever dream of counting. I think I've asked you that question on the air before, too. I yeah, it's I, amazing. We love the Pickwick. Pete, have you been to the Pickwick movie theater? I've uh, been past the Pickwick a thousand times. Okay, so everyone's like, yeah, it's a movie theater. I know, you can get 3D and you can get these comfortable lazy boys and they bring food to you and there's liquor service. There's really nothing like going to see it in a classic movie house, but... This inside of it, how many people do you think it holds in the actual main theater, Stacy? Okay, that's that's really that's math, and I'm super <laughs> bad at estimating. Um, Four, yeah, like seven, seventeen, maybe. I'd go with four hundred thousand. Let's let's somewhere between four and four hundred thousand. Okay, she might be over. I'm going with I'm going with one sixty. 
it's it's probably around 700. It's enormous for a movie theater. But what makes it beautiful is it's all Frank Lloyd Wright design. It's all been refurbished. They have this massive painting, and the ceiling is how tall? Like 200 feet. Off. It, it's it's immense. But it is like when you think in your mind a classic movie house. The Pickwick in Chicagoland is like the example of what you should see. There's also one in Downers Grove called the Tivoli. There's also one actually in the northwest side called the Patio, which for a while was really nice too. Do you remember the Patio, Stacy? Yep, we've been to the Patio also. And all these movie houses also have something in common. They all kind of have an old movie house smell, which is like, you know, 60 years of stale popcorn. So it just adds the nostalgia factor for me, too. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were going with that. I was like, uh, family show, let's not talk <laughs> Come about on, the no. smell at the movie. No, table. well, you know, we could out, off the air, I'll tell you some more. But Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. So you guys want to get into our show today? Well, wait, before we do, um, can I just do a little bit of a, um, a community? We, we need some community service here. We need um, some I have not iTunes. been found guilty of that yet. I'm not doing community service. I'm not I don't care what you, you say. for community service. Are we going to be on the side of the road picking up garbage again, Pete? <laughs> you and I on the expressway? It won't be the first time. Well, I, community Maybe service is totally not the correct word, but I started talking before my brain was able to catch up with what I was saying. <laughs> but we need the listeners, especially any new listeners that we have, to go onto iTunes and please, please, please leave us a review. Uh, we'd prefer good reviews um, over bad reviews, but um, that just really gets our gets the show out there, gets us more listeners, and um, we really, we really would appreciate that. Excellent. We can always use... That sounded like Yoda right there. I gave a little Yoda inflection, didn't I? So, yeah, good. We appreciate that. You, you you really don't know how that helps the show, and we'd love to put it in the air of as many people as we possibly can. Uh, on with All right, wait the a show. Hang on. Who's Who keeps opening the crypt door? That's Scott. He came to show me something on his phone, and um, we also have a cat now in here who's going to be meow. The other cat is now outside of the room. He's going to meow to get back inside of the room. So um, there's you, just some noise happening here. You live in a crypt, Stacy. Is that what people? <laughs> it sounded like it, didn't it? <laughs> okay, it's an old Chicago house with 1970s doors. So if you put those two things together, you get you get squeakies. You know, come to think of it, she is on Facebook a lot, Pete. So she might be a vampire. She might not actually <laughs> sleep. So this would make sense if no, because we've seen pictures of her. This is true. This is true. Okay, I'm going to leave that one alone, Pete. You better... You... <laughs> we're, we're really off the rails here right now. All right, let's get back on the show Wait, already. We have rails on this show? Come on. <laughs> here we go. So here's what I wanted to talk about today. So I was reading on Sunday the Chicago Tribune. What? Yeah, I was reading. I can read. I've got an education. <laughs> I was reading... Chicago public school. No, 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 no. I'm a Catholic school boy. Chicago Tribune travel section had a great piece on visiting Disney Wild. So as you read it, the large color picture is of Expedition Everest and a train coming down from the Forbidden Mountain. But they had an awesome read. 20 little known facts to celebrate Animal Kingdom's 20th birthday. So, you know, as I read this article, it was some of the stuff I knew, some of the stuff was new, but it made for a fantastic read. So, you know, I want to give credit to the Tribune, and we want to go through some of these right now. So we figured we'd break them apart because, honestly, Animal Kingdom just turned 20 years old, 
and these facts are things you might not otherwise know. So, Pete. First person in the Chicago area that actually ever wanted to give the Tribune credit for anything. Well, Just saying. Okay. Well, I, I will say their Sunday travel section is really cool. It always gets me something new. Pete, you want to go first, buddy? Sure. So, we all know that Animal Kingdom is one of their parks. They actually operate 12 theme parks within six resort complexes around the globe. And of those 12 different parks, Animal Kingdom is the biggest. And it's actually large enough to fit two of my favorite park, Epcot. You can fit two of them inside the landmass of Animal Kingdom, which is 540 acres. So to give you a point of reference, I'm going to get right into my point, Pete. So you know that Kilimanjaro Safari ride? Mm-hmm. How many acres, Pete, Stacy? It's Kilimanjaro Safaris of the 540 acres. I can cheat and read it, but... Well, yeah, no, it's I'm, right I'm... here on the paper. <laughs> you're, you're destroying the illusion of radio. <laughs> it was rhetorical. All right. Moving along. 110? 110 acres of the 540 acres. So one-fifth of that park. Isn't that, mm-hmm. isn't that amazing? Yeah. So, it is an 18-minute Kilimanjaro Safari expedition. It is 110 acres. And ideally, you know, if if they're not chasing Big Red and Little Red down back in the initial version of it, uh, it, it's meant to transport guests to an African savanna, and you would uh, be able to encompass the entire Magic Kingdom inside of the Kilimanjaro Safari attraction by itself. That blew my mind right there. That was a fact. That was crazy. Isn't it crazy? Because you think of the Magic Kingdom as such a massive place. You think from from park park entrance all the way back towards Splash Mountain and whatnot, how big it is. Yeah, it would fit inside of one attraction. It's pretty crazy. It is really crazy. So with my fact, this is talking about the different life species living in Animal Kingdom, which includes 2,000 animals and um, more than 4 million trees, grasses, and shrubs. And these that foliage comes from every continent except for Antarctica. They use that to build the habitat um, of, the, of Animal Kingdom. Um, and I forgot, with the 2,000 animals representing there's 300 species within those 2,000 animals. Um, And the animals came from zoos and aquariums and include endangered species like the Sumatran tigers. I think I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Sumatran Mm -hmm. tigers, the Western lowland gorillas, and top and cotton top, I can't read tonight, cotton top tamarins. Um, So they, they have these endangered species protecting those species. Um, and then nearly 40 Guam kingfisher chicks have hatched at the park over the years. Um, and that's raising the population of these birds to nearly 150 worldwide. So they're doing some good work with some animals. Okay, I've got to know. So you're on the safari right now. What is the animal that you would say, that's my animal, that's my favorite guy? What is it, Stace? And coley cattle. Those are my favorites. What? I don't even know what that is. 
that's those the, the, the big with the cattle with the gigantic horns yeah. that go all the way across. They just really um, are interesting to me. Ah, Peter, what's yours? Um, I would say there's a kid in the seat in front of me, but that would be rude. <laughs> um, so I'm a, I'm gonna go with the giraffes. The giraffe. Yeah. Even as a kid, was that your animal? Um. No, as a kid, it would have probably been the lions. Okay. But as I'm getting older, I'm trying to just stay as tall as I can as long as I can until I start to shrink, so I'm sticking <laughs> with go. the giraffes. Okay, pretty cool. Peter, you are up, my friend. Okay, so Expedition Everest is 199.5 feet high, and it is the tallest mountain in all of the Disney theme parks around the world. Ooh, 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 ooh. Tell me why. Not well, the 199.5. Because that's... They haven't built one taller than that? Because that's the height they designed it, of course. Why is that, though? Right. But they didn't go to the full 200 because if they have hit the 200-foot mark, they have to actually put a light on top for small aircraft. And that would kind of destroy the illusion of the Forbidden Mountain. A little bit. Right? Yeah. As if a little bit. <laughs> a red blinking yeah, the light. Is, the Getty has put up a lighthouse. Safety light. It's trying to keep all of the ships safe in the harbors. Okay. Makes no sense. So, you know, speaking of that mountain there, Pete, if you've ever been to the real Mount Everest, which I know you have, just last week you were scaling the real Mount Everest. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Where was I? You might wonder, why does that remember. coaster, why doesn't it look like Mount Everest? Do you know why, Pete? It's called Expedition Everest. Why uh, doesn't that mountain look like Everest? They couldn't fit it in the park? I have no it's idea. It's not supposed to be Everest, Pete. It's the Forbidden Mountain. So even though it's called Expedition Everest, it's not. It's the Forbidden Mountain. The smaller peak on the hmm. far right, it may look like Everest, and there might be peaks that actually resemble it, but that one specifically is not supposed to look just like Mount Everest. Stacy, what do you got? Good to know. That actually is kind of strange to me, that fact. But anyway, so yeah. my fact is all about force perspective. So you know how Magic Kingdom's the Cinderella Castle looks super, super tall? Mm-hmm. And they do that by making the buildings around it smaller so they're high, they're scaling the castle higher than the buildings around it to make it look really high animal kingdom does the same thing with expedition everest um uses force perspective there too and they strategically place some shadows and um painting the glaciers and crevices they craft those specially to make it look a lot bigger than it actually is so that's just, I mean, I, I believe in all the magic, so I don't even want to think about that. I think it's just a massive mountain. It's it, They didn't strategically do anything. It's just it's just massive. Well, you know, I, I've seen Pete use this same gimmick where he wears shorts that are too short or pants that are too short to make himself <laughs> mm-hmm. taller. So I've yeah. seen that. Well, and as far hey, as... We sh- all got to do what we got to do. <laughs> Is that what he does? And I as mean, far as the shading goes, Stacey, I, I, I try to do a little comb over on the top here to give my hair the full <laughs> appearance. So we use the same thing. I am just learning all of these facts about this team tonight. That's crazy. <laughs> so I have another fact here, too. 
um, about the animals in the park. If you've ever driven on the safari or if you've ever been, you know, just walking around looking at the animals, you might wonder what's keeping these animals away from the guests because that's, you know, something that everybody should kind of be thinking about when they're when they're looking around. Um, Disney uses things like water features like moats and they use camouflage fences to keep the animals in their living space. Um, so it looks like they're roaming completely free on the safari. And some of them are. I mean, you, you've, I don't know if anybody's ever had like a giraffe cross the path and just kind of stand there for a while. But um, others are, are actually not quite roaming as free as you might think. Those giraffes can be pretty rude, can't they? They, I mean, they just, they know. They, they know that you have a fast pass to get to, and they just stand there for 20 minutes. <laughs> Taking their time. All right. Peter. They don't have anywhere to be. What do they care? Right? They're like, you're here to see me. So I'm just going to stand. So um, I think a lot of big Disney fans already know this, but after the park closes or at night, uh, the animals are actually kept off stage in shelters to keep them safe you know especially during like inclement weather and things like that like when the hurricane went through the animals were not sitting out on the savannas <laughs> in case anybody was worried about that um but you know they they actually they're trained to respond to different sounds and different sounds will beckon different animals to come back to the shelter for the evening so, did you ever see that special on the Discovery Channel? They do an Animal Kingdom special. It's probably 10 years old at this point. Have you? Do you remember seeing that one, Pete? Mm, I have. So, it's pretty cool. Stacy, have you ever seen that one? I think so, but it sounds familiar. So, that's, I think, where I kind of heard that first, that fact first. They use different pitches and patterns and, like, repetitive noise and whatnot. And then, it's crazy. They showed, like, like video of it. Like, the hippos come trotting down the path. And then the zebras come walking over. So I know that it's all, you know, training and conditioning. But when you literally see it working, it's like, holy cow. Like, they just called all the zebras in, and they're actually listening. I can't get my kids to, like, clean up after, yeah, no kidding. after yeah, dinner, right? <laughs> so that's pretty cool. All right. So do you know that Animal Kingdom, it sits on what was once a huge, barren, flat land of nothing but miles and miles of sand dunes. So to create this environment... 500 workers use a million square feet of imported rock work to create the landscape before opening day. All right, so to give you perspective, that's twice the volume of the rock work in Mount Rushmore sculptures. Isn't that crazy? That and, is crazy. And that's bef- that's as the park stood. That's not even including any of the stuff they brought over from Pandora, you know, which includes like the... the Wait, mount- they brought rock from Pandora? Well... I don't know if it was officially from Pandora. <laughs> it might have been a I think that's what they were trying to stop. Yeah. So, is, isn't that nuts? So, there's probably that now, I would say, two and a half times the size of Rockwork in Mount Rushmore. You are up, Stace. All right. So, there's a plaque at the park entrance, which reads, Welcome to the kingdom, to a kingdom of animals, real, ancient, and imagined. So I think a lot of people, a lot of Disney fans know that the initial plans for Animal Kingdom were supposed to be, um, there was an area that was supposed to be for mythical creatures, um, dubbed Mythia or Beastly Kingdom. And it was going to have 
creatures like unicorns and dragons, I'm assuming animatronics, but maybe they would find real ones. But that never came to be. But instead, we have the most awesome land of Pandora, the world of Avatar. Um, and they have banshees, which are really, really cool um, flying beasts. And I think they did a good, they did a good, they made a good decision there. But I kind of would like to see a unicorn or a dragon too. Hey, hey Pete, um, did you hear Stacy use the word dub? She said dub. Oh, did you hear I that? Did. that? I did. I threw that in on purpose. You did. Crazy. All right. Um, so, you know, actually, the WDW Mousinger did a special on this about the Beastly Kingdom. And it's a really good special on the things that were supposed to go in some of the roller coasters, the dragon roller coasters. So, if you go back in time, so transport yourself, find the episode on the Beastly Kingdom from WDW Mousinger with Rod Wheaton and his son Jake. You'll find a really good informative show on that. Well, cool. Peter. By the way, I, I, on a side note, I really wish they'd put some new shows out. I miss those guys. Just saying. Agreed. Um, Agreed. <laughs> uh, so, Animal Kingdom's Tree of Life is supposed to symbolize nature and life, right? It's neither natural nor alive. Sorry to break everybody's heart. Um, it's actually 145 foot tall. Uh, man-made tree retrofitted over a 14-story tall oil derrick. Mm. So if you were missing the one in Maelstrom like me, you can always just go inside the Tree of Life and pretend that you're in Norway. <laughs> I don't know how that works so well, but okay. We'll go take it from there. I don't know either, but it does. Okay? Just give me this. You, you, you were on the team of Take Pete's Maelstrom and give me these two chicks that make snow. Oh, you have no idea how far along the side of Frozen I actually am. And it's only in the next few months you're going to actually realize. And there's a teaser right there. Oh. There's a there's a teaser for something future coming out. But go ahead. Go ahead, Pete. Oh, no, no, no. I'm done. I, I'm, I don't want to vent anymore. All right. I don't want to look like the bitter old man on the show. <laughs> Too late. All right. When when you ride Expedition Everest, are you calling me old? <laughs> Son of a! All right, that's it. You and I are going at it next time I see you. I gotta give you a big I'm hug. Old. When you ride Expedition Everest, you're actually experiencing three attractions in one. The 25 foot Yeti inside was so large and powerful it needed its separate structure and platform. Okay, so. And maintenance team, <laughs> and, ma- uh-huh. and maintenance team, and then refitting team, and then re-maintenance team uh, on there. And it still doesn't work. It still doesn't quite work. The mountain is part no, it still of the. Still doesn't work. Well, I'm gonna give it credit because it's still vertical. It's still standing in a position. Disco Yeti does not count as working. He stands there with a strobe light on him. Well, Pete, didn't your grandmother ever have a TV and then put it on top of a different TV? Even that TV didn't work. It still had a purpose. It still kind of worked in the box that it actually was designed for or is that only my grandma that did that someone help me out here stacy grandma tv uh, tv on top not, of tv not really not really sure Sorry, dude. you're on your own as, as usual all right so the mountain is part of the second structure that also supports all the attraction facilities show elements and lighting the third element contains the ride system flexible enough to withstand mighty forces and dynamic movements the three structures are independent they don't actually ever touch. So, 
that was also in the special how they 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 the, the yeti take that out of the equation but the actual attraction itself it was built and then they built the mountain around there but the mountain actually supports the actual track of it it's pretty it's pretty ingenious too so it's got it's got multiple purposes I'm just going to disregard the Yeti part of that statement, though, because... Yeah, I was saying, now, had only they realized, hmm, <laughs> we should design this so that we can go in and take the thing out, if necessary, to fix it. Or how about if they just use a lighter material? I'm just throwing it out there. Just a lighter material, right? Couldn't they use PVC? The PVC Something. Yeti? Anyways, Stacy, you're up. All right, so um, most of the time when you're at Animal Kingdom and on the safari, even though you might not see all of the animals, you still see some animals when you're when you're out and about. So they they designed the park so that there would be um, there would be reasons for the animals to be out. So for example, they um, they figured out a way to orchestrate their mu- movements so the animals would be visible from open air safari vehicles. They do this by concealing water and food sources like salt licks and feeders within tree stumps, rocks, and reed, be- reed beds. And then this was my favorite fact about this, that in the lion's den, for example, they employ climate-controlled temperature-regulating rocks. Mm-hmm. So, for example, it's heated, <laughs> heated in the rocks. winter and air-conditioned in the summer so that they are, you know, they're not going to hide someplace in the shade because it's, it's so hot. They don't need to because the rock is air-conditioned. So um, that's really cool to kind of keep them out in you know out and about i want one of those for myself yeah i think i speak for every listener those lions live better than we do no kidding right (laughs) sitting all day in this cool rock or this hot rock are you kidding me here i am and freezing in my basement i should get a rock to sit on it's heated or something (laughs) you'd be like a iguana or something (laughs) there you go peter so over the years i mean we've all seen disney Parades, right? There have mm-hmm. been yep. umpteen different parades through Magic Kingdom. None of which are running right now. Not that I want to come off as the bitter old guy in the show. Um, <laughs> Animal Kingdom has actually only had two in its 20-year existence. So we all know Mickey's Jam and Jungle Parade, RAP. Mm-hmm. Um, but can anybody tell me without looking what the name of the first one was without looking Chris that was the famous parade called Animal Demolition Derby where they actually took records and blew them up after the game was over rode hippos against rhinos right it was a battle I have no idea Peter it was the March of the Artimals I, uh, I I was there in 1999, and I don't remember this. All right, tell me more. This sounds like a real winner. Tell me more. Um, it was literally a a cavalcade style parade with performers in quote unquote artsy animal costumes. Okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> probably why I didn't really. <laughs> last probably not very artsy long. enough to understand what that is. <laughs> They went to the they went to the neighborhood dollar store, donned some lion costumes. How long Party this, City. Right? <laughs> How long did it, it last? It, it, it premiered when the park opened and lasted a little over a year. 
I do not remember this parade happening when I was there. All right, I'm going to have to write this down and YouTube this one and check this baby out. I, I wonder if there's even footage of it. I don't know. I mean, there seems like there's footage of everything. Right? There is footage of Somewhere, but... Okay, I'm going to check this out as soon as we're done here. Hey, did you guys know the rutted road in the Kilimanjaro Safaris, it looks that way by design? So, you know when you're driving alongside, it's supposed to look aged and it's supposed to look like it's been traveled on by just just thousands of vehicles all, all the time. The Imagineers first smashed the color of the concrete to be used with the surrounding soil so it blends perfectly. All right, when it was wet... They obviously just rolled their tires right through it to make the ruts in it. Uh, then they would toss the stones and the dirt and the twigs. So that gave the appropriate safari-type bumpiness to it. But it's designed to look that way. It's permanent. It's not just because the trucks are too heavy or they've rutted it afterwards. It's actually it's it's supposed to be that way. Yeah, they did a really nice job on that. I think that, that re- it does really look like it's um, it's looks real. Yeah, did Stacy? Oh, it is real. <laughs> I, I, you know what she's it. saying. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, it's not imaginary. <laughs> Peter, did you ever go on it when they were chasing Big Red and Little Red, or, or chasing the poachers? Yes, I did. Stacy, have you ever been on it? Yes, and that stressed me out all yeah. the time. Even though I was an adult, I still got stressed out during that part. Yeah, it was a little bit nerve wracking, wasn't it? it? It wasn't like a peaceful ride through the safari. All of a sudden, you felt like. They violated, you know, the the uh, big red, and yeah, it was it was it was a stressful situation. I could <laughs> see why they pulled it, you know. Yeah. All right. All right. So, um, Animal Kingdom is the only Disney theme park where the icon, which is the Tree of Life, is not visible from the main entrance. And um, the article says that this is done on purpose. That because they wanted to have the front section of the park, which is called the Oasis, they wanted that part to give the guests a taste of wonder with all the animals and the plants and things that are around. So they didn't want to take away from the little details that they see by, you know, putting this you know, glorious tree right in everybody's. Nobody would pay attention to anything around them. And then they gradually introduce you to a world that will eventually lead you to the tree of life so you kind of come around that corner and then you eventually see it and that's just an amazing breathtaking view so it's kind of cool that they did it in like they built the suspense with it almost um but they used the nature you know the points of animal kingdom is the nature and and the wildlife to lead up to that Mm -hmm. so when you walk through, it, it honestly, once you get past that front entrance, if you've not ever been to Animal Kingdom Park before, it feels like you're walking through through a zoo, doesn't it? At least to start. It takes it's not you, a zoo. It's not a zoo. I get that. It takes you on the little winding path. It, it's actually, it's a little underwhelming. It's not until you're, how, how many feet in, Pete, would you have to be? 500 feet, maybe more, to actually get yeah, to maybe. almost, you know, almost where the park entrance and, yeah. and it starts separating where you, it's, like... it's. It's a good. It's a little bit of a walk. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not far. Yeah, but it it's you're not. It's not like walking out from underneath the the train station. That's for sure. Right. E- exactly. Or you're not hit in the face with Spaceship Earth, or you don't see you know the theater in the studios. You have to like like voyage to get there. So that's a great point. So let's see. Back on May 5th, 
There was the 50th celebration for Disneyland, right? Well, for some reason, they put something out at Animal Kingdom for the 50th of Disneyland. I, I don't quite get that. But <laughs> I don't see the connection. They did. Yeah, no, I do, not at all. <laughs> um, so, Lucky the Dinosaur, or Dinosaur is what would pronounce it incorrectly, um... It's nine feet tall, 12 feet long, 450 pounds, and it just wandered around the park on its own. (laughs) I'm not sure who thought this was a great idea, because to me, that just sounds like somebody getting hurt somewhere along the line. Like, accidentally... Wouldn't you like to see it? I would love to see it. I would have liked to have seen it. (laughs) But I don't think I want to be there when the batteries on the remote go dead and it suddenly goes out of control. <laughs> Pete, I think you've seen Jurassic Park one too many times in that situation. No, because like this afternoon, I like before I left the house today, my TV worked fine. Uh, and then sometime <laughs> while I was gone, my remote battery died and I couldn't turn my TV on. I don't want that to happen with a 450-pound audio-animatronic dinosaur. So, That's nine feet tall. Me. So, so I, hang on, yeah. hang on. Are you speculating it's, 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 it's going to run amok, or are you speculating it's just going to fall over <laughs> and be tired? I <laughs> don't know which, and if it's going to fall over, I don't want its 450 pounds falling over on me. Okay. Okay, I could see that. So let me ask you this then. What do you think about the new guy in Pandora with the Biomex suit that walks around? Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I heard um, this. You know, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Having seen video of it, like I haven't seen it in person yet. But having seen video of it, I kind of get the feeling like it's a lot more low tech than it appears to be. Yep. Yep. I thought the Kinda same like, thing. I'm, I'm thinking like stilt walker type low hmm. tech. Stilt walker. Okay. So speaking of Pandora, you got anything else on it, guys? Um. Well, it, obviously the newest land of Pandora, the world of Avatar. Mm-hmm. Based on the 2009 film of the same name, Avatar, James Cameron, there are 22 floating mountains in the Valley of Moara that peak at about 130 feet up. The uh, steel supports have been camouflaged with limp vines creating that illusion of the floating mountains. So, So I've not seen it in person, and you guys have. So, if you could give it a grade, if you could give it, well, let's give it a number score of 10 to 0, and 10 being the best they have, and 0 being just awful, what's the score for Pandora as a whole, including the restaurant, including the including the, the, the attractions right now? What's the score? JC, go ahead. Um, I'm going to give it a 9, because I think that it's really, really amazing. I'd give it a 10, but I just feel like I, it leaves me wanting more, which might not be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like it's... But I'll just go with that. I feel like it's it's leaving me wanting more. I don't feel like it's quite 100% there. Um, but it's um, what's there is absolutely amazing. Peter? See, I want more, 
and that's why I'm giving it a 10 because to me that's that proves that this is the best that they have so far Mm -hmm. and that wants me to to I want more of that that and the fact that they you, they literally had to carry some of the steel beams for the floating mountains in on the trailer they used to use for the space shuttle kind of cool yeah that is very cool <laughs> you're you're I'm not I'm not surprised Stacy I think I think I expected you to say like an 8 or 9 but Pete like you're a tough grader and you've been critical on some of the things they thought was actually really good so that's like that speaks volumes is that you give it a 10 like it doesn't get any better I mean, than that if you walk into that like having never been in that area before if you walked in there at say 8 o'clock at night like let's say we're walking through Animal Kingdom I say Chris I'm going to put a blindfold on you I'm going to take you to another section of the park I'm going to take the blindfold off if I did that I don't think you would be able to tell what was legitimate, real plants and what is produced by Imagineering. Hmm. Pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. The Pandora at night is—I mean, you have to experience it both. You have to experience it both in the day and the nighttime. But the nighttime is just something—it's—it's it's out of this world. Um, which actually takes no me right to the next. Yeah, exactly. It takes me right to the next fact. Um, it's the bioluminescence that they're able to to make in this land is just amazing. You you start going, you start hearing the music and everything. You, you cross over the bridge. You start seeing things glowing. Um, it's just it's it's crazy. It's amazing. It's a little bit hard to see sometimes, but it's it's just really really beautiful. And they used more than 500 real trees and 10,000 shrubs to intermingle with Disney-created Pandoran horticulture that shimmers in the dark. Um, and it says that even some of the walkways and paths glow, which is what we just said, thanks to the treatment added to the walkways. But I didn't know this, though. The walkways were charged are charged by sunlight during the day, and it makes them glow at night. So kind of like glow-in-the-dark stickers and things. I guess that does make sense. I don't know if I ever really thought about how they make it glow, but... Um, maybe that makes me sound really stupid, but <laughs> it um it's cool well, no, they, you know it could have been black light. The, right, the thing I is like that's what I thought a lot it of was. I would have thought that too, but having been there at night and not seeing like my shoelaces just light up like they yeah, do yeah, at yeah. some other attractions that are black light heavy. It's kind of it's like all right, well it's it's not black light. Right. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. We got one um, left, right, guys? Uh, yep. Sort of. Okay. What, t- going back to the one that Stacy just had, though, all of the ones that... All of the plants that Imagineering produced, they were actually handmade. They weren't casts because no two plants are the same. So they literally handcrafted all of them individually. Hmm. So, hang on. You're saying the? I mean, obviously, the real the. the repeat that statement. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying, Pete. All of the plant life that was produced by Imagineering, gotcha. 
was all hand carved and hand sculpted. There are no two plants that are identical. So instead of casting them and using the same ones over and over, they're actually all individual. I'm sorry. So I'm thinking I'm the Imagineer and like I'm in charge of like this sculpting like crew. And they're like, okay, so we just want to go and throw this out at you guys. We're just going to throw this out and see what sticks. <laughs> we want you to do individual, every one of these. No two could be the same. I could just imagine the expression on their faces. Like, aww. <laughs> they're like, can we not use the cast? No casting. It has to be individual. These poor people. Right? Well, I guess the paycheck is right. You'll do whatever <laughs> yeah, they exactly. tell you to, right? I know. I'm They're just earnest. thinking. Here's your patching trowel. <laughs> Here's your butter knife. Make it look really good, guys. All right. Now let's get on to the last one. Okay, so hidden throughout the landscape, there's hundreds of speakers that broadcast different animal sounds from the Pandoran forest. But those sounds actually will change throughout the day. As the night starts to fall, the sounds that you'll hear are more of the predatory animals instead of like the happy little, you know, Pandora and chipmunks scurrying through the brush. It becomes more of the predators and the bigger animals that are out hunting at night. We call those Chicago winds, but go ahead, Pete. I'm sorry. That was <laughs> that was not appropriate. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, to create that supernatural glow at night, yeah, plant life is powered by electrical control boxes camouflaged among the plants. So, the pathways and stuff are charged by the sun. The plant life, on the other hand, it's comed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Not me, that there's anything wrong with that. Let, let me ask you this. What have you guys heard? What is anything that's... What are they considering putting in there? Is there been any rumor about a new attraction, a new option for eating? Have you guys heard anything? I haven't heard anything for eating. Okay. Um, but I've heard that there are, there are planned expansions, possibly. Pete, what have you heard? Anything? Um... I haven't really heard anything recently. Okay. At least not from reputable Okay. sources. Okay. Well, yeah, I we, we know right now all the attention's being diverted to a couple different parks and a couple different projects. So I know that's kind of just going on its own for right now. But you know, there were some things in there I did not know and some things I did know, but still it makes for a great read and when you can bring Animal Kingdom and Walt Disney World home, you know, on a Sunday afternoon with the uh, with the travel section, it always makes for a really cool read. Did you see that last one, the the, fu- the fun one, just for fun? No, tell me. Mm-hmm. The um, biggest hidden Mickey in Animal Kingdom is on the safari. So, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know where it is, mute us right now, but then turn us back on just 10 seconds. Um, keep your eyes peeled as you approach the island full of flamingos. The hidden Mickey shape isn't on the birds. It's on the it's the island itself. So you can find a big hidden Mickey, which I didn't know, so now I'm going to look for that when we go next time. You know where there's another one that most people don't get to see? Where? Golf course. 
Oh. They actually have a Mickey-shaped sand trap. Nice. Peter, Stacy, did you know on my golf course, I have a sort of Mickey-headed shape (laughs) sand trap on my golf course. Nice. I bet you didn't know that. I did I didn't, not. but the fact that Can you, you didn't make Earth? it truly. Oh, that wasn't that wasn't me. I I inherited. It. I wasn't able to design it. <laughs> I just inherited it. So I'll have to post. Yeah, a but picture. you've been in charge since. You should just go in and just over time trim it a little bit yeah, exactly. here and there until you get a legit <laughs> Mickey shape. I need some of those Imagineers, some of those guys, to come up my direction to help me resculpt this thing. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed these 20 little-known facts about Animal Kingdom. And uh, in bringing the show to a close, if you could, again, I'll reiterate Stacy's statement. If you could go to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you hear this podcast, because I you know, I know we're on uh, Podomatic and we're on Overcast. And we're on just about everywhere there's a podcast except Spotify right now. So if you could go and leave us a review, we'd greatly appreciate that. And a, uh, anything you want to mention, Pete? Anything you want to plug, Stacy? Come join our Edcott group. There we go. Edcott. E-D-C-O-T, right? Yep. yep. We need to come and up with if, the chant. <laughs> if you are in the Indianapolis area later this summer, come and meet us in person. We're not terribly exciting, but hey, if you want a picture <laughs> with us, that's your chance. Um... That's I'll not, even behave myself. Pete, that's not drawing them in. I want you to know that's not drawing them in. <laughs> All right? That's not going to get up there. We are terribly exciting. We are the most exciting thing you'll see all day. I am sort of promising that. Kind of. I'm sort of not going to lie to people either. But hey, cool. do what you got to feel like you do. It's got us this far. All right, here we go. So, again, see us at the Indie Disney Meet. What is the date of that, Pete? Oh, really? Come on. I want to say it's August 25th. 25th. Yes, August 25th. the 25th. Right. There we go. Look at me remembering stuff. <laughs> Learning and education and everything. <laughs> sort of. That should be your like life quote. Yeah, look at me remembering things. <laughs> <laughs> so for my friend Peter, for my friend Stacy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for downloading and listening. And we want you to have a great day. See you guys. Bye, everyone.